Hi, this is Richie Kotzen, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Rick Emmett of Triumph, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, you crazy metalheads. This is King Diamond, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks with John. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 316 of the Iron City Rocks podcast coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, John. We welcome you to the show. We've got a band uh, and a man who we have been after to get on the show for quite a long time. The man is Alex Skolnick, obviously the band Testament. Alex is going to be coming in and doing a show in the Strip District of Pittsburgh on the 13th of September, uh, an intimate jazz show with the Alex Skolnick Trio. Uh, so you can get more information at the Pittsburgh Wineries website. Tickets are available. I think they're only like $20. Very small, intimate setting. Also, you can go to Alex Skolnick's website uh, for all the tour dates if you're not in the Pittsburgh area as he's doing shows all over the place. So we want to give you a little taste of what you can expect from the Alex Skolnick trio for those of you who may not be familiar with him. And then we're going to talk to Alex, uh, talk a lot about the trio because I think a lot of people like myself uh, rock metal fans but maybe not as familiar with the jazz world so we talk a good bit about that and then obviously we have to talk about the new uh, testament album which is due out in october brotherhood of the snake so we get into that at the end so without further ado here's the alex skolnick trio <laughs> who needs no introduction from Testament, Alex Skolnick, who will be coming into Pittsburgh to do a show on the 13th uh, doing a, with the Alex Skolnick Trio Band. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Alex, about that. Um, I think a lot of people you know, have seen you with Testament, obviously, and a lot of people know you're very involved with jazz uh, music. But can you talk a little bit about what people can expect from a trio performance? Uh, sure, sure. Well, first of all, it's great, great to be here, and uh, we're really looking forward to coming back to Pittsburgh. It's almost like a, a second home. You know, the two guys uh, I play with, uh, Matt Zabrowski and Nathan Peck, they've been, uh, on the, they were on the Pittsburgh scene for years before moving to New York. Absolutely. And uh, it's def- definitely, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we have a, a great uh, set of relationship with Pittsburgh. And, um, to me, it's um, yeah. I, I just you know, I've, I've never been comfortable just being with that guy from a band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have very diverse tastes. I like um, great music, no matter what type it is. I like great guitar playing, no matter what type it is. Um, yeah, and it was heavy metal music that first um, made me want to play and you know become a, a great. Um, 
the best guitar player I, I could be. But mm-hmm. then, you know, my taste ex- expanded. So I, I never stopped loving heavy metal, and it's been great. Testament's had a, a great few years recently uh, as a, uh, re- a reunited, resurrected band. But sure. the um, music I do with my trio really represents uh, my, you know, what, what I like to listen to individually, and uh, and I get to improvise, which is most sure. important. Um, you know, when you do a big heavy metal show, or any, you know, any kind of big concert, gen- generally it's not improvised. You want every night to be the same. And right. with the trio, every night is different. Yeah, I don't think the video guys and the lighting guys like improv- improvisational music. Uh, so much on the right. Track. No, it's a completely yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different format, a different experience, really. Yeah. No. Uh, but we get a lot of things. there are people that show up that know mm-hmm. me more from the uh, that side of things that are surprised and that have never actually been to uh, an improvisational concert and don't think that they would like it. Yeah. But they they end, they end up liking it. They end up being repeat customers. No, no, this is probably a great question because I know I had the pleasure of seeing you many, many, many years ago with Stu Hamm um, doing mm-hmm. a show, on, I believe that was the Urge Tour, um, it seems like yeah. forever, um, and it was still, you know, pretty hard rock in, in sort of that, um, you know, sort of shredder era of, you know, music, but what? when someone comes to see you now uh, in, in a show like this... Um, as far as you know, we're looking at kind of the Larry Carlton sort of jazz music, or is this, you know, a little bit more, you know, your sound, you know, when they listen to you? Play? Um, well, it's an interesting uh, question. Um, you know, Larry Carlton is somebody who's playing I adore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, sure, absolutely fabulous. Um, but. I, I have to be very honest about my tastes and just in general. And I'm not as much of a fan of some of his the re, more recent music he's known for. Um, I respect it. It's just, um, it tends to be you know, very, you know, what they call like smooth and almost like easy listening jazz. He still sounds amazing. Um, I would rather hear some of his earlier work when it's more raw. Mm-hmm. And biting. So no, I don't do anything like that. There's you know, there's a few guitar players that um, have uh, music that's like that, and I might like their playing, but I, it's not the music just doesn't connect with me as much. And it's just a personal thing. Frank Gambale is another example um, on the saxophone side of things. Uh, David Sanborn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think it's phenomenal. If you ever see him live or you hear him with the Cracker Brothers, it's terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, very different than what I play. No, what I play is, um, it has a lot of influences. Um, if I had to point to a few guitar players, I mean, I would say there's moments of um, Bill Frizzell, okay. who's somebody that I, I listen, he's, he, he's somebody whose music I genuinely like, as well as his guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't try to sound like him, but um, I think I just listen to him so much and creeps in. Come, come out yeah, yeah yeah and i've also i've transcribed guys like um john schofield sure and mike stern and um even well uh, west montgomery and you know somebody older or the the george benson music of the mm-hmm. 60s you know pre-pop george benson and i think all of that tends to come out a bit um 
but there's also other influences. You know, I have a song called um, Bollywood Jam, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is sort of inspired, loosely inspired by a, a Bollywood rhythm. Um, and then there's a brand new song we have called uh, Culture Shock, which it has in, part of it sounds like uh, it's inspired by Nashville. Okay. Uh, bluegrass, and then part of it is Calypso inspired. Okay. And we work that in as well. And so, it's, you know, it's a combination of all, all things. Now, when I think of, um, you know, the playing that, uh, you know, most most of our fans are probably familiar with, you know, in Testament, mm-hmm. I always think of a very precision, you know, speed metal band or you know, thrash metal band, whatever you want to call it, but certainly fast playing and very precise playing. Um, does speed playing any influence in in your trio music or is that kind of out the window um oh there's there's moments of it but it's it's not the um primary focus mm-hmm. I know. there's there will definitely I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I know when you mentioned frank gambola yeah, i think of you know some of his amazing you know the sweet picking and things like that that he's kind of known for yeah yeah um I would say, you know, there's there's a few times in in the show where we let loose a bit, and you know we have this live recording that's coming out. It'll be available on uh, September 16th, and it's called Live Unbound, mm-hmm. and the title really represents that. Um, when when we do the live per- performances, uh, it's no holds barred, and there are moments where um, it, it can get very fast, but I think right. when it does, it tends to be more inspired by, say, John McLaughlin, right? Yeah, like that sort of very raw. Yeah, you know, I like again, I like Gumbali a lot, uh, mm. but he's more of us. His playing is very smooth, yeah, and articulate. And as far as fast stuff, I'm more of a fan of either you know. Matheny, who can be smooth, yet somehow it, it still has this bite to it. Right. Or um, McLaughlin. And I, I definitely, there's some almost direct uh, John McLaughlin references. And he's mm-hmm. always been a huge, huge influence. And it's interesting, earlier you mentioned uh, Stu Hamm. Mm-hmm. And we started playing together again, too, in the last couple of years. So right. we actually did a tour earlier this year. And... Um, We've uh, and Stu's uh, played with Gumbali as well, right? So it's kind of there's a connection there. We ju- we just did a um, a camp in Germany where the other musicians included Dennis Chambers and Alfonso Johnson and uh, Felix Pistorius, son of Jaco Pistorius. Okay. So it's been great to reunite with Stu and also be around all these um, great, you know, great jazz rock artists, and I, I mm-hmm. think that's. That's a big part of where I, I tend to come from. Right. Um, even though there's a lot of moments that are inspired by straight-ahead jazz. Right. But part part of the reason I did, I went that direction too was to, um, you know, not be predictable because everybody right. thinks, oh, it's the guy from Testament. He's obviously going to be doing a screaming, distorted, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jazz fusion. And no, I, I didn't want to do that. I want to do like elegant chord melody based. Um, music where I can put in the influence of mm-hmm. Joe Pass and Jim Hall as much as um, Matheny and Scopely. Now, in a genre like jazz, I, I know a lot of people kind of think of, you know, the term jazz snobs. Um, 
Do you find younger generations of musicians going into the you know the jazz arena, or is it kind of an older man's genre at this point? What do you see from the inside looking out? Well, it's interesting because it's always been music that, and this might be uh, part of the, the appeal. You know, it's music that um, you can grow with, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I hope to be playing for a long time. Sure. Um, and I don't mind the idea of being, uh, yeah, reaching social security age. <laughs> sure. And playing jazz guitar, but. Mm. Somehow, the idea of being an uh, aging metal musician, mm-hmm. yeah, and that there just that doesn't appeal to me as much. So, yeah, no, that's certainly. Uh, I'm trying to. I don't know if I'll be doing that for for that long. Um, and I think because uh, you know musicians can age and play jazz. But to to your point about uh, you know growing old in in the genre, I think of somebody like John Mayall. Uh, I'm not from. I'm sure you're probably familiar with him. In blues, you know, he's not somebody that I would go see at a, you know, a, a hardcore show, but he fits perfectly right. and is, you know, and uh, he's not a spring chicken by any means, but a fantastic blues musician and still is relevant. Yeah, you know, so that's that's a great, great point you bring up. Um, yeah, but, there's, but there are a few outliers mm-hmm. in hard music. Like I think Iggy Pop is an example. Right, like I saw him. Uh, I was lucky enough to be on a couple of festivals with him last year. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was terrific. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've seen Alice Cooper. Yeah, Alice is, is like and, a Timex, yeah. Yeah, both, both those guys, it, it never feels like you wish you saw them back in the day. Yeah. It doesn't feel compromised at all. Mm-hmm. They're, but, but, but they're outliers. Sure. Um, and I just think, yeah, more often than not, you have artists in jazz that can can age, and the music uh, it it supports you. You can age and, and still be part of the music. As it's, so, I, and maybe for that reason, because there's always been um, you know an aging um, uh, population of jazz artists mm-hmm. can, and, and listeners. Sure. I guess it, it it can develop that reputation. Sure. Or appealing to um, older people, but at the same time, you know, you've got these young musicians coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. who are phenomenal. Yeah, you know, there's there's um, there's a great guitar player, uh, Julian Lodge. Who see, I, I he's probably I think he's probably around close to thirty now. He's probably in his in his twenties, but right. uh, active since his teen. You know, he was a child guitar prodigy. Sure. But who's just you know terrific, or this uh, bass player Linda O, who is in her, I think she's probably around thirty now, but still just you know considering you know keeping it fresh. She's like an important jazz artist, and then there's, there's even this kid from Indonesia, uh, Joey Alexander, you know, who's a right. piano player. I think he's twelve years old, and they're just a total prodigy. Yeah. So, so you've got uh, so, a you know, there's nice. our young somehow there are young people keep you know, keep keeping the keeping it alive. Yeah, and we, we you know, sadly we think about the same thing in rock and roll anymore either. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we, you know, there's a there's some great young artists out there, but there's not as many as there used to be, or it sure doesn't feel like it. Um oh, yeah. That's a that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Remiss not to ask um Brotherhood of Snakes or Brotherhood of Snake, I'm sorry. Um, the, snake. the the snake from Testament. Um, 
Can you talk just a little bit about the new album and what the touring plans yeah, are sure. going to be for um, that? Well, it, it comes out the, uh, the uh, next month. It comes out in October. And, um, yeah, the Testament's had a very busy few years just being on tour. Sure. A lot. So this was really, uh, I think the record, it was, it was squeezed in to the, the schedule. Mm hmm. Um, and, but it's, uh, it's, it's a very good sounding record. Um, my role is more, a little more of a soloist sure. than before. Right. We didn't really have time to collaborate as much on the compositions. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is, there is a composition we had from the leftover from the previous album that is a, a really good track and mm -hmm. that I, I like a lot that has a very melodic guitar part that, mm -hmm. um, that I brought to the table and then a, a few other parts as well but overall you know it's definitely like a lean mean cut and dry album very riff heavy yeah but I've got some solos on it that I'm pretty proud of and uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's many people will like it yeah I don't think anyone's ever said this is the 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 weak testament album that just you know and most of the you know if you think of the, the kind of the thrash giants um everyone's had yeah you know a throwaway in there but i can't really say that with testament i don't think there was an album i would say you know i don't know that that one really lived up to it you know you guys have yeah well there's definitely it's never you know testament never banned us then uh you know had like light throwaway material or yeah attempted singles and stuff like that yeah, yeah. That just and, uh, it is what it is, and hopefully people like it. And uh, yeah, you know, if not, every record's a little different, so yeah. it'll be something for somebody else if they don't like. You know, I think a lot of ways that this you know probably helps keep a band somewhat relevant. You know, when it seems when bands start to take the departures, is where they can kind of go off track, and you know, egos get in the way, and bands dissolve, and fights break out. Um, you know, you guys stick to what you do. And make a consistent, you know, product that works out well, and uh, you guys have. Been yeah, I, mean, I think you know, it's it's always a risk. Sure. And some to change direction, and some bands can go away with it better than others. Mm hmm Yeah. Sometimes it works great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can be overshadowing. To, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I think of like the band uh, Extreme. Yeah. Is it was actually a really, really, you know, band, a band really, like really good musicians and a hard sound. Not how hard like Testament, more right. commercial, but still a heavy sound. And they're best known for more than words, right? Which really doesn't capture their sound at all. No, no, not at all. I think a lot of people probably bought Porno Graffiti and were like, "What are these? You know, what are these other songs on there?" And they you know, but yeah, so it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way. But yeah, and then you can be yeah, pigeonholed into playing a song you you know that isn't really reflective of the band for the rest of your lives because it was, you know, everyone here everyone wants to hear it when they come see you. Yeah, so it's very very difficult. But then, yeah, it's got a different era. But you know, band like, like yeah, the Rolling Stones, they were able to do with the whole period where. Yeah, Mick Jagger was hanging out at Studio 54. Mm -hmm. He came up, came up with "Miss You," right? And that was like their their disco song. Yeah. Yet somehow it still sounds like the Rolling Stones. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And I don't hear that and say, oh, you know, this is their disco. You know, that no, it's as good as any song. You know, yeah. Uh, the Beatles when they entered their psychedelic period, it was radically different mm-hmm. than what they done. I mean, that was a huge risk. Yeah. They, you know, they had the whole pop and teeny bopper crowd. Yeah. Um, yet they just developed this whole new audience and um, redefined it. And that really, that became more, almost more of their sound. Yeah, I was going to say that I think that's what sustained them really was that psychedelic area. You know, those kind of Dave Clark Five sounding songs were certainly great, but I don't know enough to make them what they became. You know. Yeah. In, so in the, it it depends. But then you have other bands like ACDC where you know you don't want to hear them experimenting in the studio and like. No, no, not at all. I don't think anybody wants to hear, uh, you know, yeah. Angus working and Malcolm working on some different chording and phrasings. No, right. Just bang. although, you know, in fairness, they did they did incorporate bagpipes. Yeah, quite well actually, and it, wor- and it worked great. Yeah, <laughs> no one's done that since to that degree. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Alex, I want to yep. thank you so much. You're coming in um, next uh, Tuesday, I believe it is the 13th, uh, doing a show at the Pittsburgh Winery. Uh, great, great intimate venue. Uh, see you and the guys, uh, and then I'm sure we'll see Testament before not too yeah. too long in the Berg as well. I want to thank you. You man. got it. All right, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, man. Take care. Taste of the new single from Testament's album Brotherhood of the Snake. That is the title track, uh, which will be available October 28th, I believe, on Nuclear Blast Records. So be very excited to get a listen to that, and I'm sure uh, we'll get a chance to see Testament uh, out on the road very, very soon afterwards. So uh, I want to thank Alex for coming on the show. Fantastic to kind of pick his brain about a, a world that uh, admittedly I'm a very ignorant at is the uh, jazz world, so it was really cool to talk to him about that and get a little education on the background. And uh, I want to thank all of you for listening. You can go to ironcityrocks.com or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks. Uh, on our website, there's a new contact link if you want to get in touch with us, or you can use traditional email, which is ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love hearing from each and every one of you. And again, a reminder, Alex Skolnick Trio will be at the Pittsburgh Winery September 13th. A lot of other great shows coming in the fall. Always a fun time for shows. Uh, the venues get a little smaller. Shows get a little more in- intimate. Uh, and it's, it's a fun time of the year. So until next time, we want to thank you for listening.